Hi, everyone. It's Lisa Morell here, and welcome again to the Transforming and Thriving Through Horse Wisdom Global Summit. And as usual, I get to do the very special stuff, which is to have our guests with us. And today we have Sandra Wallen. Hi, Sandra. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Sandra is, uh, you're in, well, I'm going to say, but you're in Vancouver, outside of Vancouver. Is that right? So, uh, she just has this rich history. You know, I read these bios because I don't want to miss anything. So just sit back and listen. Sandra grew up in the rainforests of British Columbia, riding bareback through the ancient cedars. It really brings an image, doesn't it? There with the horses and in the nature's classrooms, she learned another way to listen and to lead, a way she's been teaching in her equine guided programs for over 20 years. As a lifelong learner, she's currently working toward a doctorate in eco-psychology. I love eco-psychology. I'm so glad that it's that you're doing that. She was a school teacher and counselor for 22 years and has been a psychotherapist since 1996. Her extensive background in nature-based teaching, transformational therapies, belief change psychology, and equine guided learning have inspired invitations to teach and lecture around the world. Sandra has worked with power companies, including Microsoft, and helped students who have been bullied at school step into their power. She's been featured at medical symposiums alongside Nobel Prize winner Candace Pert. I love Candace Pert's work. It's so incredible. And so Candace Pert, uh, was a thought leader and scientist, I mean, <clears throat> was a thought leader, and so was David Suzuki, who has amazing work. That's that's quite an honor. Um, at the request of friend and mentor, another one, Dr. Bruce Lipton, author of The Biology of Belief, Sandra has been teaching at a local prison, helping groups of young men serving life sentences break free from the prison of their limiting beliefs. I am very lucky that you, we all are, that you could even have time to do this (laughs) with all of your projects. Though Sandra has worked and studied with many incredible people, Sandra says her most influential teachers have been horses, whom she credits for taking her and the people she works with to heightened levels of awareness and growth. Today, Sandra and her four horses walk more than ride through the ancient cedars on a little piece of heaven near Vancouver, Canada, where she lives with her husband and her two daughters. What began as a childhood dream has turned into a dream come true, a dream she happily shares living, loving, and learning in the company of horses. So welcome again, Sandra. Thank you. It actually makes me emotional hearing that. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, I, I just love that the last thing you said, which was about <clears throat> living a dream come true. This is one of the things that I always uh, go back to, that this is transformational work. And it is exactly for that reason. To true. become in touch with your dream and to manifest it. And what better guides and teachers than the horses, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm calling this, and I'm not the only one, but I am harking back to interspecies learning. And so that kind of takes us back a long time ago, but you know what? The circles come around again and here we are, and it's time for this. So uh, I am so excited to talk to you and your idea 
about beyond the mirror. Now, I know after having taught and worked in equine programs and equine assisted coach training, as I said to you earlier, I don't usually ask uh, tell people to use the word mirror unless they understand what that means. And I know that you do. So can you give us a clue about what that is and how it works with horses? Well, a lot of times people will say, what is the horse reflecting back to you? What are they mirroring back to you? Mm -hmm. You alluded earlier that it's much more than just the horses we're talking about. It's interspecies communication and learning. It's really a global perspective, a nature based perspectives, the world itself and all of our relationships are mirroring back mm -hmm. to us. When we're, when we're using it in the field of equine assisted learning leadership, the horses are very often showing us where we have opportunities for, for growth or for reflection or where we're missing the mark. Mm -hmm. They're also letting us know, for example, when I was working with a leadership group, uh, one of the gentlemen who was the CEO of that team that came out believed that he was an incredible leader and in many aspects he was and he is. However, when he stepped into the round pen with the lead mayor, oh boy, <laughs> there were opportunities for him to hone that leadership skill and to his credit he was incredibly humbled by that reflection so what was he seeing and the horse was showing she really turned her her behind to him and said actually talk to the butt because that kind of leadership style doesn't work here mm -hmm. so to be able to reflect back to him the pieces or the parts of his leadership style that could that were either missing you could think about it from that perspective or weren't showing up in that particular day the reflection was really significant important in his growth and also for for his team to see how he honored and took that message and that information was really beautiful as well, because it also then proved to them even more that he was a wonderful leader for him to be able to take that kind of feedback. Exactly, exactly. From another leader. So let me just stop you for a minute, just for everyone. So when we're talking about uh, how do they mirror or how do the horses reflect, just that, that behavior of uh, turning her butt to him, which was kind of, uh, I'm not connecting with you. So that's the kind of behavior. And of course, you are part of that interspecies learning all the time with the horses in your communication. So uh, just knowing what some of those behaviors are will help some of our viewers just kind of understand what's going on when we say that, when we say the mirroring. And that was a beautiful example. Thank you. And it's like someone going up to a team member and them turning their back around on yeah. you to talk with them. And we love that. The piece about that is I always love Lewis Carroll and Alice in Wonderland. And the reason that I think it's beautiful and important to talk about behind the mirror or entering when I when I teach this work, it's it's also about how do we enter into the looking glass, so to speak, mm -hmm. and look back at ourselves in this case through the horse's eyes. And what do we see uh, reflected back there? So how are we showing up from the horse's perspective? Because we're so it's so easy for us to see things from our point of view. But again, coming back to our beautiful Dr. Bruce Lipton, who says life is all about perception, but what we don't realize is most of our perceptions are misperceptions. 
if we are able to consider our point of view from another's point of view, in this case, the horse, the, the teacher, the guide that we're sharing these opportunities with, it's a, it's, a, it's a gift to be able to reframe and now see things from inside of the mirror looking back at ourselves. So it's not just what the world is reflecting back to us, it's also to be able to look at what we're sending out into the world as well. Yes, and that is a wonderful segue into horse wisdom. Horse wisdom is one of those other terms that people go, oh yeah, they're really wise. And you know, there's all so many uh, ways that people talk about that. And so when you're talking about what we're learning, the guides, the teacher uh, from horse, what is some of the horse wisdom that you would share with us that can help those of us who aren't really clear about what is horse wisdom? What uh, what has your been what has been your experience that you could say? This oh, is an example of it. It's just infinite. I mean, the ideas about wisdom are multifaceted. So to be able to talk about that uh, inclusively would take a very very long time if we could ever if we could ever even accomplish that. But I think. If we were to speak about a few components of, of horse wisdom, for me at least, it it comes into the fact that wisdom isn't necessarily well, isn't necessarily local. And what I mean by that is we're thinking from a quantum perspective, there's information and wisdom in the field that exists between, or we we'd often consider, oh, well, this is an empty space between me and the horse. But if you're able to watch how horses communicate with each other, it's very often that they're not speaking in a language that we would typically speak. And they're not always touching each other in the way that we would necessarily guide or influence someone to move from here to there. So their ability to communicate across distance in that socio-sensual place in the gap in the quantum field is I think a profound opportunity for us to learn. We don't have to be touching, so to speak, to learn from the horses. We're able to learn from their, their body language, their nonverbal communication is, is profound. And you know, our conscious mind only makes up one to 3% of our consciousness and the horses are masters at being able to teach and learn with, you know, as we referenced Candace Pert earlier, she talked about our body as our subconscious mind. And so for me, one of the most Gift, gifted places or of horse wisdom is their ability to be able to tune into hmm, inter, it disconnects within our physiology, for example, which is our subconscious mind. So that can go all the way from that we have a, a hidden grief or a, a locked lost or there's a, a sacred wound perhaps from an argument that we have been carrying around with us and just can't seem to let go. The horses seem to be able to dial in on that and activate it. It's like they don't have any tact like we would if we were speaking with each other and 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 honoring the niceties of helping someone be able to access that. They just go right in, they activate the parts in us that most need to be that our attention most needs to be brought to. And sometimes those are the most glorious dream-based places, the things that we desire, uh, the things that we want to invite or call into our lives, but they can also be the things that we've secreted away or uh, aren't even aware of that are there. For example, a couple of years ago, my mare Grace, who everyone who comes here falls in love with Grace, although she can be a bit of an abrupt teacher. She was the one that put her butt to the guy, right? 
<laughs> that was her grace. That was her. She was showing him grace. Body's <laughs> grace. She's the epitome of grace. We had some kind of things that were going on in our family at that point with two teenage daughters. And she, whenever I was out there, she just kept coming and putting her, her nose on my chest and on my heart. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, she's just comforting me, you know, that's just, thank you, Grace. It <clears throat> just feels wonderful to have you. <laughs> I can talk to you about these things. Well, a couple months later, it turned out that I was called back from the BC Cancer Clinic to go back and uh, they had found a large tumor in my breast, in my left breast, right over my heart, right by my heart. And so in hindsight, it's okay, yes, she was, she was loving and comforting, but she was also likely, and there's no scientific data to prove it, but likely she was nosing the spot exactly where the tumor was. So horse wisdom, goodness sakes, for her to be able to tune into that and be aware of that and try to get me to bring my attention to the, the grief and the things that were going on in our lives at the time. But I was, you know, in my mind, too busy, got to do that. I just took it as comfort. And it was certainly that, but it was more than that as well. And she's worked with a number of people actually who have come out who have been aware of a diagnosis or not yet had a diagnosis and she's done very similar things. I had a friend who came out who had been diagnosed with testicular cancer and he had never been around horses but he said I just feel I'm supposed to come out and spend time with your horses mm -hmm. and I said of course you know come and he was a city boy from Montreal he didn't have any experience and we walked out into the paddock and Grace just beelined to him and he was getting a little bit nervous like she's walking she's walking so fast is she gonna slow down she had a job <laughs> I said it's okay I'll, it's okay I, I trust her she's we're in good hands so to speak and she walked right up to him quite quickly and then put her nose right into the area below his belt and stood there and he his eyes were wide and she started to breathe with her nose and then exhale really deeply like blowing and she did that for about five minutes and she dropped her head to the ground left and walked away and he said sandra i think she must know and i said I would have no doubt about that. That and is so beautiful. So they are, in fact, energy workers. Incredibly. And then when you're talking about the breathing, I'm uh, pranayama comes up to for me, and I have seen that the 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 language of the breath, the healing of the breath, as the life force. I mean, I can't believe they have so much patience for us. <laughs> We are so far beyond, I mean, uh, not as evolved as they are, from my perspective. That's part of their wisdom, I think, in a way. They're right. helping us remember maybe why we came here, and they're so patient with us until the time when we actually hopefully remember. Yes, so beautiful. Energy workers, uh, breath, and I love that, that patience is wisdom. Yeah, others have talked about their patience, but I love the way that you embraced it as wisdom in that way. It's beautiful. Okay, so messengers. How are horses messengers? Well, horses have been used as a form of augury or divination for, for millennia, for centuries. So if we think about the ways that 
ancient peoples have spent time in the company of horses. That's certainly been the case. And, you know, Linda's beautiful book with Kim. I know you spoke with Kim earlier. About yeah, she's, oh, I love being in her studio, at least remotely. <laughs> the, the messages are, you know, Al-Barat carried Muhammad into the heavens and brought back messages from God, so to speak. And, and then the idea of the white horse messenger in the Bible, that the heavens open up and behold the white horse. So horses in our literature, in our culture, in our mythology have been bringing us messages for since we've been able to be here to receive them. And so what do you think uh, about this shift from mythology or uh, religion to, okay, they're right here now, they're in front of our face. Well, I guess it depends on, I mean, for me, nature is my church. So it's, you know, there's, is there's, <laughs> we could think about it from that perspective too, that it's still, a, it's still a way of being able to be connected with, for some people, they would call it the divine. And for other people, they would call it simply, there's this flesh and blood horse in front of us and what's going on and why it's here. So the beauty of horse wisdom is that it meets us wherever our human beliefs are at. However, we hold any context and they meet us there. So for the person that's saying, okay, well, uh, for example, a horse trainer came out and wanted to experience equine assisted learning and, and therapy. And oh, we'll come back to Grace again, because this is, was, she was working with this woman and she was a very, very equipped horsewoman. And she went into the round pen with Grace and tried to get Grace to to move uh, in with all of the skills that she had. She very well should have been able to do that. And a great game, Grace just stood there. And then actually Grace turned and went and walked away. Mm -hmm. Woman just stood there and, and she got very angry to start with. And then we talked a little bit about it and then she started to cry. And so the message from Grace was, you know, she said, she's just walking away. She's just ignoring me. But what it really was about was that everyone in her life had been walking away and ignoring her because she had been being, uh, actually what it ended up coming down into even further was that she was ignoring herself. Mm -hmm. So the reflection coming back to the mirror was, yes, it looks at first glance that the world is leaving me, the world is abandoning me, this horse isn't even listening to me and I'm the expert, so to speak. But really it was about that she wasn't listening to herself. Yeah. And as she said that, it wasn't about the world part, but as soon as she said and started to, to cry about, I'm not listening to myself, Grace turned right over there. <laughs> right in her heart. Oh, so, I love hearing this. It's so powerful. It's so, so powerful. And you said something that just is was gorgeous in terms of horse wisdom is their being able to come and meet us where we are as humans and to minister to us, to, to give us what we need and what we can handle. It's, they have an innate sense of that because we know how many times uh, we've had a horse that has, has huge energy or very, very, very direct opinions who can be with a, a child or a diminutive human so gentle so gentle that there is never even any question of threat 
So yeah, horse wisdom is being able to meet us where we are. Oh my gosh, if so many humans could learn about that. Well, what you said is beautiful too. I'll just segue on that if I may. Mm -hmm. uh, I, one day I will finish it, but I've started to write a book about Grace called The Equine Apothecary. And it's exactly that. She's not unique, although I think she's, at the same time, I think she is. Of course uh, she is. <laughs> They're able to, she in particular, and some horses are much more gifted at this than others, she's able to mix up the perfect remedy for exactly what's ailing that human heart when it or we arrive and come to her space. And it can absolutely be that she'll walk away and ignore. She might even drop her shoulder and give you a little bump on the way mm -hmm. by. And at the same time, she will hold a child who's dealing with autism and struggling with their ability to regulate. And she will hold and stand still and be so perfectly calm, like uh, a cradle almost in a way for this young, beautiful being. And then again, the next day, a different person comes and needs a different lesson and she'll be that for them. So they're, as much as horses as a, as a species are able to do that, I believe there are some very exceptional individuals within the field of equine consciousness that are like grace. And I will say that sometimes, at least in my experience, they're very often those lead mares. Mm. I wanted to go back to something you said uh, about regulate. And it, this is something actually uh, that I just found out on my own journey not too long ago. And that is that in terms of regulation or the ability to, you probably know as a psychotherapist, the actual definition of that, but being able to regulate yourself into comfort or comfort yourself, that I found out from my somatic therapist that I was having challenges regulate, regulating myself or self-regulation because I did not have the co-regulation growing up and that you had to be able to co-relate, co-regulate with someone before you could learn about self-regulation. And that's exactly what Grace was doing. And autism is, makes it such that it's very difficult to co-regulate with anyone about anything. And she was able to do that. So now he's going to have, or she is going to have that, that body memory so it's just so powerful. And it's one of the reasons why horses have that. For the most part, horses are raised in communities and in herds, mm -hmm. every once in a while isolated. Mm -hmm. But most horses in a herd environment, and so they're learning how to co-regulate when something upsets the apple cart, so to speak. They re-equilibrate very quickly and in relationship with each other. So to be able to bring that wisdom from the herd environment, even though she's working in a one-on-one -on -one situation with this young person, uh, to be able to do that. And I'll say also, you know, when I first started doing this work in 1999 in schools, it was Grace that was my, my mentor, really, in how to do that. And the children taught me so much about what needed to be happening here. Then Kyron came, but he was just a babe. So it was really about Grace was really taking the lion's share, but she, um, she was such a profound teacher of, I lost my train of thought there for a second. She was such a profound teacher of being able to know exactly what each 
child needed or each group needed. And then as the herd grew over the years, there's now four horses that I'm so blessed to share my life with. They've taught me. So in the beginning, really just Grace and she would say, just back off, get out of the way, let me do my magic. And that was really important for me to learn that we have to get out of the horse's way a lot of the times because the human nonsense is really not needed within the container of the transformation or the session. But now with the four horses, they don't want to go up to the round pen and do one-on-one -on -one sessions. They want to work as a herd. Well, they do anyway, whether somebody is only one horse is in the round pen or not. If one is aware, I'm sure you see, they're all there. My round pen is very separate from where the rest of the herd is. So it's on the other side of the house. You can't even see the other horses. So when we would do that, it was really quite separating. Mm. But now it's very much that I don't use the round pen anymore. We work in the paddock. With in the all paddock. I like that too. Yeah, it, it really, uh, it's beautiful. And um Okay, you're always saying all these good things and I'm not writing them down, so I can't always refer back to them. Okay, so the, um, is something about the children? Mm, I can't remember, maybe it'll come up. Well, so when we're talking about horse wisdom, that, again, one of the things we're doing is making more tangible about what horse wisdom is. And we've said several things in terms of uh, their body movements, their behaviors, their ability to be energy workers, to uh, feel energy and work in that. Why did you call it the gap between the two individuals? The, I call it the gap or the space. Yeah, that is just so huge to be able to know that there's something there besides nothing. Right. That is so such a horse thing. And also being very patient, being able to be a, a co-regulator for those who are not able to do that or who have not had that in their past. And the other part of this summit is about how do we take that wisdom and live it in the world? How do we become emissaries or ambassadors? for this wisdom so that we can spread it beyond the round pen or the paddock or wherever people are just with the horses because they've survived for a long time because of this wisdom. So how can we uh, learn from this other species how to be better humans and create a better society? What horse wisdom would you say you live in your life? It's a collaboration. So the horses are sentient. The horses are my co-creators. They're my family. There's no degree of separation, so to speak. When, you know, many different philosophies talk about the illusion of separation and how that's really the, the catalyst for most of the, the malcontent that we experience societally as a human race. So the separateness. So when we start to think about the connectedness instead and to be able to honor each other individually and collectively. So if you, if you want to bring it down to one core piece for me, at least it would be togetherness and belonging. And I love that. Together, regardless of the, our species, our color, our income, whatever that might be, 
The horses don't differentiate. They don't notice what kind of car you drove up in. They don't notice what kind of shoes or, or jeans you're wearing. They don't care what number's in your bank account or how many letters are after your name. They just see us as authentic and that our true selves shine through. And sometimes when they reflect back, <laughs> they mirror back our true selves, we don't like what we see. And that's a beautiful gift because now we have an opportunity to, to and, and there's there's no condition to what they're showing back either. There's no there's no value judgment. It's just like it's just a pristine reflection. So if we don't like what we see, we have every opportunity now in their company to be able to grow into or evolve. And I think that the evolutionary relationship that we have with horses, you know, horses and dogs. Uh, they really are the, the two species that we've co-evolved with. And coming back again, I think they've just been so patient with us that if we can if we can bring it out into the world, what they can teach us is really about belonging together. And uh, I think it's Desmond Tutu who says we are because we belong. Mm. That is so beautiful. I love that, Sandra. Um, let me ask you this, is do you have anything else that you wanted to add? And also, what would you like to uh, invite people into so that they can share your world a little bit? Well, they're very most welcome to visit Kyron's Way, uh, the website there. Here in the Vancouver area, the horse programs are starting to close down for the year as we move into the rainy season. And that's, this is the time of year that the horses uh, have off. However, what will be on offer is kind of the straight from the horse's mouth uh, messages sessions, because we can work with horse teachings and messages and nature teachings non-locally, so we don't have to be with the horses per se to be able to do that. So that's something that will be available through the, through the rainy season here in Vancouver. And then starting up again in the spring, there's a number of different drawn to horses workshops that are available for people to come out and explore their creativity and their personal growth and development in the company of horses. I just did a beautiful workshop a couple weekends ago with one of my dear friends and mentors, Dr. Sharon Forrest, and we did a workshop about uh, Chiron's Way lessons and gifts from the wounded healer. So how the horses were able to um, work with each person. And again, what we were just talking about, open up, set an intention, but they would open up the part that the person most needed to to heal. And I'll, I'll quote Rumi, who says that the wound is the place where the light enters us. So it was a weekend of inviting the horses to bring their light to us so that we could um, heal some of the places in which we had been broken and find the strengths in those opportunities. And then I also offer the conscious horsemanship teachings and I do uh, do certifications here. We started in Canada, the Professional Association for Equine Facilitated Wellness. So those for people that are more interested in a professional relationship with including horses in their in their livelihoods and practices, that's on available. And they can find all of that at Chironsway.com. And that's going to be below. That so be everybody can find you. Well, I, I want to say to everyone, thank you for being here, but I am going to hang out with Sandra just a little bit more after this interview. 
so that we can go a little bit deeper. And it's kind of hard to even believe that we can go deeper, but we can because horses are. And uh, this is actually going to be uh, a, a kind of a way to look at the how more. And so the only way you can access that is through the all access pass. So you can learn all about that, all the wonderful things that you'll be able to get with that, especially the fact that you get MP3 audios as well as the videos. So, and you have uh, this lifetime of listening to these amazing guests like you, Sandra, who are bringing this field into its next state which is exactly what's happening. The horses have waited so long for us. So now we're actually evolving, as you said before. So you can hear all about that uh, all access pass below. And uh, I will definitely see you soon. Sandra, thank you so much. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank all you. Right.